On the north side of Chicago It's the coolest bar in town And if you go up there You better just beware You're gonna find a bunch of clowns It's a mad, mad, crazy bar The whole damn place is just so bizarre Full of all the vice and sin Where do we even begin? Tip your bartenders. Hi, everybody. This is Club Crawl Liz uh, with Clown and the Geriatric Genius for another edition of As the Ale House Turns. It's a very dramatic show, as we all know. Um, thanks for joining. Fellas, how are we doing? Well, I think somebody should explain that you're riding a motherfucking bicycle and we're looking at this really peculiar, you're wearing a real weird helmet and you're wearing sunglasses with white frames and then you got all kinds of straps around your neck. And um, now all of a sudden, what did you do? What do you mean? She just stopped. Yeah, yeah but, just stop in the light. Right. So this is because your inability to keep us type any type of schedule. I, I, had a, I had a meeting at thirty. Most of my meetings last one hour. This one ended up going two and a half hours. So I decided that I would just do the do the podcast on time, but ride my bike home. Well, why don't you go to the park? There's, go to the Buckhouse Square Park. What? I'm almost home. You're almost home? Yeah. All right, you're almost home. All right. Okay, yeah. so anyway. That's, uh, that makes by the way, fun. you love these sunglasses, so stop complaining. Well, I don't have any real strong views on them. You said every time I've recorded with these sunglasses on, you'll say, oh, I like those sunglasses. Oh, okay. That's why, I, that's why I wear them, genius. Just for you. Okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, let's see. Clown, say something. <laughs> Clown, say something. Well, Mrs. Clown is not talking to me. Oh, God. Now I. Oh, I don't have anybody that loves me anymore. You got your dog. Yeah, well, she can't help it. Are your kids still being assholes? Yeah, well, I mean, I just, I'm going to reach out to him this weekend. I don't understand. Wait, what did you do to Mrs. Clown? I don't know. She doesn't like me either. The only thing, don't know. the only love in my life is my job. And your dog. <laughs> your yeah, dog. Blue loves you. Blue, yeah. Blue loves me, yeah, I know, but she's a dog. I mean, yeah, but that's... A lot of people would be happy to even have a dog level. <laughs> true. I guess. So very, very, very true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone's for some reason everyone has decided to be mad at me. Well, has Mrs. Cloud has Mrs. Cloud given you even a hint of why or just Well, she just said a couple of days ago she doesn't like the way I talked to her. So now she doesn't talk to me anymore. Well, that's not all necessarily bad, is it? Well, it's kind of quiet. Yeah. Were you mean? Were you mean? I don't know. 
I call, I call, I called her up and she hung up on me. So I went upstairs and said, what's going on? And she goes, I don't like the way you talk to me. Did she say it in that New York accent? That was two years, two years ago. That was two days ago. It probably was two years ago. It will probably be two years ago. <laughs> no, she'll be down here in my basement. She'll talk to you. Can't I followed it. I can't get up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ricky yeah. Clown. You gotta, you gotta love her. Well, why don't you go over and love her? Um, what? Why don't you go over and love Mrs. Clown? I don't you like crying too hard. Well, I would, I would actually like to go visit and meet Blue and stuff, but I don't think that, um, I don't think that a clown is in that position to really. No, I think uh, clown doesn't want ger germs coming over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, that's what I'm saying. Well, we already, we already have a few people that come over anyway. But she's, uh, she's going down the street now to do her uh, therapy, physical therapy at that. Oh, uh, that place. There's Ankegee. down Wells. Yeah. Yeah. They kicked her out of there a few years ago. Really? Yeah, because she showed up drunk, so they kicked her out. <laughs> they, they have you sit on a ball to, uh, for your balance, and I think she almost fell off the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and they were probably worried about getting sued. I love that. <laughs> I She's used to hear bouncing on that ball. She's a character. Yeah. She's a character. So no. what's going on with us? Uh, so the L house is closed now? No, this is getting real serious now because uh, we, yeah, we're closed and Toby's getting real pissed. It's She's got an overhead is about three grand a month, and she's only prepared. She says once she has to start dipping her savings, it's over. Yeah. So well, I'm, should, I'm it, sure. And if I mean we should be stronger than most. So if they want to get rid of bars, they're going to be doing a real good job. Huh. So I don't know. I don't know. It's. Um, what do you have any idea what the three thousand and overhead is like? Is it just the utilities and rent, or what is it? Oh, fucking insurance. She's here's what she's done. She's trying to she's trying to get the food license. And really? Yeah, I mean, just to have like uh, she's had to get uh, all kinds of massive plumbing shit done, all kinds of uh, insane stuff. To get this goddamn food line, and then they're going to be. Hopefully, it'll be Ruben's sister being the inspector. But Ruben's sister. And then I, she does. That's what she does. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very, very pessimistic. I think that you could get all that food shit, and I think that there's going to be. I mean, already Chicago's on the uptick, and I got a hunch there will be. Uh, they'll be closing down the restaurants pretty soon, indoor, and then come when the weather gets bad then nobody can be outside so everybody's got to be inside it's gonna i don't i don't see a happy ending here no i think things are going to be shut down like through the winter yeah well i mean i mean they, the doctors all say 
Well, the scientists say if they if everybody did what they're supposed to do for like two a couple months, we we, we would be like uh, you know all the civilized countries. But this country, we don't have civilized people. Yeah, we're a fucking mess. Or civilized politician. Are you home? You got yeah. home already? Yeah. Jesus, Evan, you you ride fast. You know what it is. So uh, they don't want to shut the country down, like you know, do like a mask mandate and stuff, because they don't want to lose votes. I mean, that's what it's all about. You yeah, know, but they're going to lose. Why they're pushing it off on the governors and all that crap? Yeah, but they're going to lose a lot. Of I mean, and now. The dumbest thing, the Republicans, by not extending that $600. Uh, yeah, boy, that's really. Oh, is that stupid? Yeah. Oh, my God, is that moronic. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of pissed off people come November. But then, of course, just my worst nightmare is every time that uh, Biden talks. Today, he said, um, black people have uniform views, whereas Hispanic people <laughs> have a variety of views. I read so, uh, How could you? How does that come out of your senile <laughs> fucking mouth? I, I, they, they shouldn't let him talk anymore. I don't know what to do. Lock him up. To, don't let him talk. He's got don't to ask on him. <laughs> he's locked up, but they've got to let him talk. The only <laughs> thing that saves him is Trump comes out and says worse shit. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, and Biden's an absolutely freaky yeah. Catholic. And uh, so today Trump said that he doesn't believe in God. He's yeah. anti-God. He's going to hurt God. Yeah. He's going to hurt him bad. <laughs> and God knows that Trump is a very you know, devout believer. Yeah, this is the craziest uh, presidential election I think I've ever witnessed. Too. Well, it's really maybe the craziest year we've ever witnessed. Although somebody pointed out that it's unlike 68, you know, the, not, there's not a war, you know, instead of having to... Um, social distance uh, our kids were having to go to vietnam and getting their fucking nuts blown off yeah so, <laughs> you know that was a bad year uh, 68 was was a bad year yeah i had the fbi fucking with me and you know so i'm no stranger to bad years but this is the weirdest this has got to be well i don't know 68 was awfully weird too i don't know yeah, but like with, I feel like with '68, you have you have a situation that is at least contained and controlled, right? You're either in Vietnam, you're going to Vietnam, shit's crazy. Like this is everybody can't do shit, so everyone's losing their shit because of it. I'm not right. You had a select few people who were enlisted, people who were in the forces, who were in the thick of it. And then you had other people on the periphery who were sort of angry about it and maybe maybe talking about it or protesting. Well, everybody was angry. But if, you wanted, but, it, but if you wanted to be in your fucking little suburban cul-de-sac, drinking your beer with your neighbors in your yard, grilling your shit, you could. Like, that's the difference. You can't do that right now. No, but your intellectually challenged kid might get plucked up and sent to Vietnam. So I, you, you know what's unless your name was Trump and then you had bone spurs. I wonder how much that cost his father to get his bone spurs. <laughs> yeah. You know what's crazy? There are so many people whom I know that are literally driving their children to college right now to let them go be at college. Who do you know that's driving their kid to college? 
Um, you just send a paper I, somebody that somebody's driving her kid to college. Okay, I don't want to get in trouble. Well, give us a hint. Um, how can I give you a hint? Um, it might be someone who's dating a sailor we know. Oh, I, I, the first name starts with an L. Yeah. And she's got a son who's a wrestler. Yeah. Okay, I know who it is. What college? But like, how, I mean, it's a state school that starts with an I that's not here in Illinois. Iowa, Indiana. Yeah. Oh. So like, how are you? He's a wrestler, so I bet she's going to Iowa. Right. So, like, how do you, how are you possibly driving your child to a college, doing the normal, hey, good luck in school here, your crates and your, you know, your, your, I don't know, your college shit. Bye. Enjoy the dorm life. How is that happening right now? How is that okay? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Because <laughs> you don't have any of those goddamn fucking kids. Well, you know, they're already quarantining tons of kids that started school last week. Chicago, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a mess. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Trump's desperately trying to get these kids in school, and, and it's all backfiring. It, it all backfires. Yeah, this, this, this is surrealistic, what's going on now. Hey, you know what happened to me in 68? You know, you're talking about that year. Um, we were living in uh, in Atlanta, and the riots were going on with the Black Panthers, and they were throwing Molotov cocktails in people's yards, like burning houses. And um, if you look down our neighborhood street, all the windows had shotguns pointed out, waiting for the Panthers to drive down the street to shoot you them. You had Panthers in Atlanta? Yeah. And my, um, me and my sister were in the basement with my mom, and my dad was at the gun with a right or at the window with a rifle. He had just gotten back from Vietnam too, and it kind of it kind of worried me because he was taking it seriously, you know. <laughs> so that was kind of nuts. Well, I was out in Berkeley at '68, but I came back for the convention. I was back. In fact, I was back all summer. Um, this college professor, that British guy, Gibson scholar, he let uh, he let me stay in his apartment all summer. He he was going back to England, and then he eventually ended up in uh, Berkeley teaching there. So we extended our friendship there. Uh, Bruce, so I feel like you. I feel like you were the two best places in the country during '68. Well, I yeah, I had to travel, but. Uh, yeah, Berkeley. Oh, you couldn't have beat Berkeley in '68. Oh my goodness, we go to school. Well, every day. I go to you. Go to school. You'd go to school with the National Guard and the Alameda County Police in the morning. They'd all everybody be getting to the school. So you do your morning classes, and then every noon there'd be a, a speeches and a demonstration at Sproul Plaza, and then afterwards, about half the time there'd be police shit right at directly after the the rally. They try to break up the rally at a certain time. Um, yeah, it was, and then uh, the cop, you had the cops, uh, the Berkeley cops would show up then. So it was, uh, it was very exciting. 
Yeah, but I feel like you could, like, like, yeah, you're describing Berkeley, but I feel like you couldn't beat being in Chicago in the thick of it, too. Well, the thick of it, with George, that, that was, I was prepared for the thick of it because we had been, had stopped the draft in Oakland prior to my, that was in the spring of 68. And I had heard from people about what had happened in L.A. The police beat the shit out of the demonstrators and the press in the a park in L.A. So we knew that there was a real uptick. I knew some kids that had gone down to this L.A. rally. But when we did stop the draft in Oakland, um, those Oakland cops were all recruited from, they were, as soon as they got on the Marines from Alabama, Arkansas, and you had to be able to, military press 255 but they were very disciplined they weren't like san francisco cops that would just run them up but once you unleash those oakland cops and i'll never forget about three times i thought i was going to get killed because we were in a very confined area and the press was up on chain fences you know with camp and every time they were going to get me all of a sudden they'd spot a press and just go beat the shit out of them so what happened in Chicago wasn't a big surprise to me. It was a big surprise to the people in Chicago. They had never seen you, it. Do you think, do you think, how old are you, how old are you uh, at that 28, point? 28, 68. 28. What? 28. I was 28, yeah. Oh, so you're I, a little bit older, not just a college the only, kid. The only bar, the only bar that was open was um, the Bulls, which was an underground, it was over on Lincoln Avenue. They closed all the bars in Old Town after Monday. So, but you'd see all the press guys with Reiko and John Calloway, they'd all have a table. They'd be, I mean, they had never seen the press get it beaten up in Chicago before. This was a whole new thing. Plus, uh, all of it, it was really, it was kind of interesting. I kind of enjoyed watching the press get the shit kicked out of them. Do you think that that, I know you're 28 at that point and you're already sort of like, you know, <sighs> developed into a young man, but do you think that your time oh, in Berkeley nice, and in Chicago... That's nicely put. That's nicely put. You know, developed yeah. into a young man. Yeah, but do you think that your time in Berkeley and in Chicago, not just witnessing this stuff, but being an active part of it, do you feel that, like, do you feel that it shaped you? Yeah. In what way? Well, in order to get out of the war in Vietnam, I had to become homosexual. So that shaped me. In fact, so, it made, all right. The, so it made you a con man. Well, I was, <laughs> I was a con man. One of the one of the saddest things was when I was um, twenty one. All of a sudden, I was liable for a contract. I'd fill out everything, and ever since about the age of twelve, whatever they had to send you for on trial book clubs, record clubs, every, I mean, the mail just came pouring into the house and then I would change names and do all, no, I was doing naughty things. Um, I used to rob, <laughs> I used to rob um, pay telephones out of, I, I had a Sunday paper out briefly. So I had those big pouches. I take all the newspapers and throw them, you know, and bury them or some shit. And then uh, I'd go around with the crowbar, my bicycle, uh, those pouches, and I'd pop off a couple pay telephones every Sunday and put them in the pouches and go home and then jimmy them open. But I was burying all the pay phones in the backyard and I was about 15 or 16. And my dad was digging something behind the garage. 
And I said, what the fuck is, hey, look at, there's all these phones. And my mother says, oh, we better not say anything. They might think one of our children did it. <laughs> yeah, what would make them think that? So, all right, so, so it made you a con man. No, I was just kind of, I think. Well, I, no, but I, I, but I actually, I, I see that, I say that in a sincere way because, you know, you're, the, you're watching all of these people trying to fight authority because they don't believe in what authority is giving them. And I feel that that potentially, right, is the same thing as doing what you did is fighting credit card companies or the law or whatever. I didn't, it may be. I didn't fight them. I swindled them. Right. You, then, tried to, you, you played a better game. And then they fight and fought me trying to make me go to jail. The yeah. nerve. The nerve. The injustice. Did you read my first, did you read, Cal, uh, did you read my Portrait of the Jesus Young Man? Yes. Oh, did you read my, uh, oh, you never read. Um, the only oh, one I did, the only the one I didn't read was uh, the last one. Right. Well, that's to explain how I got out of jail. But, um, Speaking of books, finally today, 25 of um, Chronicle of a Chronicle of a Dung Beetle Warrior. I've got 25 of these little babies. Ooh, it came early. You're supposed to get them on Saturday. No, they told me today that I was getting them today. And then they didn't even ring my doorbell, the motherfuckers. I, had a, I looked out the window and there it was just for any little piece of shit to steal. How yeah, do they look? To give you credit, I, I was prepared for a nightmare. The the pages are now it's half as big. Now look at look at what Liz did the first time. The Sears catalog. <laughs> the Sears catalog. The formatting was bad. Yeah. So the, for those of you, you guys are on a podcast, so uh, uh Bruce is holding up two different books. The first version that we did. No, uh, the format, the for, the formatting was all wrong. So, okay. P.S. Bruce writes his fucking shit at like thirty-seven <coughs> font, and he makes it like quadruple spaced. So no. when I get it, I've got no, to reformat no, everything. I make it like there are in all the other books. No, and so the first version of the book, it was like a little fat phone book because it was bad formatting. By but so is the, the is the second one okay? Yeah, it looks it looks okay. So yeah, uh, see? yeah I, I, I normally it would be being sold at the alehouse. Well, I'm going to take some down and maybe somebody could knock on a window and Tim would sell them one. You should just sit on the street corner and sell them. Yeah, that really would. I'm sure that would really work. Why not? Hmm? You can, uh, you can, uh, going to sell them to? The, people the, people on, the people on the street. People on the street say, hey, you want to read Chronicle with Dung Beetle Warrior, asshole? No. Yeah. Not going to work. No. Well. No. People are buying them on the internet. Yeah. Let the, the people buy them on the internet. Phil the Mogul indicated on Facebook that he, uh, Oh, by the way, I'm getting a lot of feedback from people like Andy Shaw and HB calling, like attacking Street Jimmy, because I let Jimmy use one of my computers, 
and he does has his own Facebook. You're so you're so full of shit. And 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 then they're saying they're they're accusing me of being a racist and making Jimmy sound like like a ghetto black person. Like one. They're, they're, they're accusing me of making. How crazy is that? Yeah, they're making me. They're accusing me of making me make Jimmy sound like he talks. Yeah, I was gonna say. By the way, are these have these people never heard Jimmy talk? Well, I think they're accusing saying that, like Pat, Pat from uh, Kaiser Tiger. He's yeah. Said, uh, Jimmy's vocabulary is not that ex extensive, you know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, actually, I don't believe that's Jimmy because his vocabulary is much too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nothing else would tip you off like being on Facebook. Yeah, well, of course, Jimmy, Jimmy's a picture over at Starbucks with his computer. Yeah. Every time, every time you walk by Starbucks, you can see Jimmy at his computer. You know, people are great. You know, I remember. That disgusting little worm, English Davy. For a year, for, I don't know, for almost a half a year, he, you know, he's from the, he's from, he's from England, and, uh, and I think whenever I read about him, I call him Australian Davy. But he, uh, when I first met him, he said something to me. I don't know how the conversation. I said, well, you know, um, I was a member of the Forty Third Hummerland. Northumberland Fusiliers. You were a Fusilier? And <laughs> for six months, this stupid fuck. I mean, I wouldn't know it. I wouldn't know a Fusilier if he sat on my face. But <laughs> English Davy believed I was a motherfucking Fusilier. And then I remember, um, what's her name? Oh, Pee-Pee. Pee-Pee was in the Southeast. <laughs> She was stealing, selling uh, steel, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, broad selling steel. I mean, right. And so I remember. Well, on top asked, of that, on top of that, it's a broad named Peepee. <laughs> yeah, well, very. The girls named her for you know because she was a hoverer and she left little drops on the toilet seat, so she got <laughs> that Peepee. But Peepee was selling, you know. So she, I said, you know, I. I, I sold steel for about 11 years, Peepee. Uh, you sell pussy. I sold steel. And for months, the dumb bitch argued with me, you know, about steel. Like, you couldn't figure out in 30 seconds that I wouldn't know an ingot from a, a dump truck? I mean, what are these people? I mean, it's amazing. You'd be surprised. I'll say stuff. You know, like when I was in medical school. What medical school? You know, it's just remarkable how stupid people are. So, I'm, I'm in fair. Well, and, so, in all honesty, I was not a fusilier. <laughs> all right. So, what are you going to do about this uh, racist Jimmy thing? I'm, I'm atta Jimmy's attacking. Jimmy doesn't like it. Jimmy doesn't like the innuendo. So there's 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 harsh words. I dared H Jimmy dared HB to say that to his face. I don't know that he will. <laughs> I'm sure Jimmy would love getting in a fight. 
Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. I'm telling it to your face. You're a racist. Huh? Oh, God. Fucking alehouse. Um, well, let's. I, I always like to, to, with every podcast, because you never know, because a whole week can make a difference. A whole fucking day can make a difference. How is your health? Bruce, the clown. Ash Cloud first. Well, they called me Monday morning and said my heart was in AFib again. How do they know that? I have a, a remote device that tells them. It sends them data, like it'll pick it up. It's in my bedroom. It's like it's a mobile device. And um, it says, oh, your heart's out of beat. So it sends them data. So you have to go in? No, they never called me back. <laughs> I guess. Uh, hey, hey, your heart's fucked up. You're going to die. Bye. Good luck. <laughs> Vaya con Dios. I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the, last, enjoy the last few hours. Hey, I'm dying. Uh, okay, we'll call you back. Now, what's it feel like? <laughs> yeah. well, what, Think good right, thoughts. Well, what the fuck? Are you going to go in or what? No, they, they told me to retransmit, which I did. And uh, they never called me back. So I'm thinking that it just went back into a normal. Well, can you feel when, it, when it's out of kilter? Can you feel Yeah, and it didn't feel bad. So, well, usually I feel really tired. Yeah. But um, no, it didn't feel bad. So it kind of surprised me. Hmm. But I don't know. Well, you're looking okay. Yeah, I'm all right. Feel okay, except, right. for, except for the lack of love in my life. Yeah, but you're no stranger to that. Sad. Yeah, I am no stranger. To that. <laughs> That's sad, clown. I'm sorry. I usually just don't complain about it. Actually, what I would do in the old days is I'd just go get take a shot, get a get a shot somewhere and a few beers, and I'd be fine. I'd forget about <laughs> my I'd forget about my lack of love. <laughs> Goddamn Corona. Well, if you bought Ruben a beer, he'd, he'd love you for, the, you know, for a minute or yeah. two. For the night, yeah. Yeah. All right, Genius, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm concerned with this myasthenia because I, I never sleep for more than two and a half hours, three max. And it's, it's annoying. It gets to me after a while. And I really... Yeah. And if when I'm and, and I keep going over and I played nine holes, really nice, really nice nine holes on Monday, and uh, by the time I got to tenth, I wanted to go curl up and take a nap. This is not good. This is and it fucks my game up. Yeah, I thought it's not even like I'm physically. Tired. I I want to sleep. It just it's just and then come. Yeah, I'm sure you're exhausted. Um. Well, sleepy, not exhausted. Exhaust, exhaustion suggests physical tiredness. Now, I mean, when I play golf, I mean, I do get physically tired too. You know, about the 14th hole. So that's that's not good. Um, and um, but psychologically, I'm wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not at all bored. Are you walking? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, every day I go beat the shot of the golf ball. Oh, and, well, that's good. 
Yeah. So I'm getting, yeah, I'm exercising, losing weight. And um, that's another weird thing. My appetite, I, I graze. I don't eat really big meals. I just graze. And I've eliminated, I've, and, and uh, Ruth doesn't let me eat chocolate chip cookies anymore. And she only made brownie, some kind of brownie concoction once. So I'm not eating sweets, although I do have some lemon drops hidden. And, I'll t <laughs> and I take one lemon drop sometimes, which seems to work. It's oh my God. Probably faggy pants. What, is, what the fuck is that? That's terrible. Yeah, but I can hear it's it. It's a scam. It's a scam? Yep. Here, let me have a scam. Oh my God. Oh, I like scams. You know. Oh, okay. I like to talk. I like to talk to the scam people. That's your phone ring? Yeah, because I can hear it. That's so goddamn jarring. I know. It's upsetting to people. Why don't you like do something a little gentle? Because I can't hear it then. <laughs> okay, so next time I say hi instead of saying hello, I should just kick you in the nuts? No, I can hear yeah. it. Would you love me? You would can't you... hear me say hi, so let me just kick you in the nuts so you know I'm there to say hello. I can't hear you. I mean, but I mean, the phone, I turn the phone off a lot. And, I'm going I'm 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 to try I'm really, that the next time I see you. I rarely re return messages. I mean, I don't think it's on there anymore, but Gracie, originally, I have my original phone. If you called me up and I didn't answer, it would say, please call again because my father does not answer messages. <laughs> and this oh, seemed, boy. It seemed to disturb people. Remember when you had regular phones? You'd answer, and then you didn't. You, if somebody didn't answer, you'd call them back, right? That's is that so complicated? How would you call them back in the old days? You wouldn't call them back because there was no message. Yeah, they, you didn't know you who just, called you. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. I mean, I love not having to. People couldn't reach you. If, hey, if you're not there, you're not there. Yeah. So, uh, Did uh. Did uh did caller ID change your lives? Made it more annoying. <laughs> caller ID. You actually, oh, you actually yeah. bought the little box. Oh yes, because you know. Oh, yeah, I, caller ID. Yeah. When I when I was in high school, especially, I used to terrorize my all my teachers <laughs> with uh, you know fake <laughs> And I said, I remember this one teacher, the one teacher that my, was fucking with my brother Doug. The only. The family was really, my father lost his job, and my brother Douglas needed to get his football scholarship to go to Wyoming, but he was such a fuck up, and he fucked up this, he wouldn't refuse it to work on his English, and the guy gave him that, so he, it would, and he couldn't get his scholarship, so I went over to see Mr. Pappet, my, 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 my first, my, my, my brother Scott knew Mr., he was gay, Greek gay guy, but my brother Scott was friends with him, and when he said, no, your brother, He's, he's, he's an asshole. He refused to do it. I, I, I absolutely won't budge. So my mother called me up. I was living in Old Town. She said, Mr. Pappas flunked Douglas, and it was gonna, he won't be able to get a scholarship. And then we won't be able to send Fran to Kendall College. Would you please go talk to him? Now, that was sitting in the nuclear. So I went to Mr. I went to Mr. Pappas's, and I said, George, how are you? He says, I, I know why you're here. I know why you're here. I said, George, did an ambulance ever come to your house in the middle of the night? Did a hearse, <laughs> did a hearse ever come to your house? 
did it? Did you ever get bob scares? Did you? <laughs> I'm asking you for a favor now. I'm asking you for a favor. So he gave Douglas a B. And he got into what? But then he got kicked out of Wyoming. He was out at on the freshman foot. They had an F. The dumbest thing, ask Cloud, because Cloud played football in college. You can't, having an athletic dormitory, putting all the athletes in one room is absolutely insane. I mean, what could go wrong? Everything. So Douglas, would they make the, they'd make the freshman would have to stand guard over the windows and throw water balloons at all the people that were walking. So when Douglas was up there, he was throwing water balloons. They hit the pregnant wife of the Laramie, Wyoming newspaper, and he was expelled. So, <laughs> but he, he was good enough. He got a scholarship to University of Indiana, and then he quit to become an actor. What a but, fucking terror you people were. But I mean, I yeah, but I was. The teachers all knew if you fuck with me, you could just you could just see that ambulance arriving at about three in the morning. <laughs> it was. Uh, Oh, and then the great thing was when I learned credit card phones. I no, mean, even, even when I was in jail, I was telling all the guys, this is, man, you don't have to pay for a fucking phone because, you know, they they're either had to send collect or a credit card. So I had all these fake credit card phone numbers. And then this one guy named Leonard Raymond, he was the guy that stuck his finger up um, Jane Mansfield's pussy because her car crashed right out in front of um, his prison and the whole top of her head was missing. She was with Mickey Hargitay. I mean, they've got their heads, but the kids, two kids were sleeping. The one girl, I think, became a kind of famous actress, Matfield's daughter. But um, he, we were, the first day or two I was in jail, we were uh, sweeping gravel off the parking lot, the administrative parking lot. And Leonard says, hey, you know, man, he was an old time con. I mean, he was just totally institutionalized. He says, hey man, you know, when I was in prison and I don't know what, Louisiana or Mississippi, somewhere around. He said, I was a trustee and we did the fire detail. There was always car accidents out in front of the jail. So we went out there and there was this really beautiful woman and she was, she was dead and the whole top of her skull was missing, but she was real good looking. So the other guy, all the guys were sticking their finger in her pussy and it was still warm. Do you think that was wrong? And I said, well, you know, Leonard, I don't think it was wrong, but I would have had a problem sticking my, if I was seeing all those brains. And he says, yeah, it was pretty, pretty fucked up. But uh, I said, but still, Jane Mansfield, you know, that's pretty, you know, I never could say. Is that technically necrophilia? I don't know exactly what you'd call sticking your finger up a dead ass pussy. I think it's called mentally disturbed. I think it's called being locked up too long. <laughs> um, I never made a value judgment on that with Leonard. I kept what? it an open. I kept it an open question. Well, what harm? It didn't bother Jane. Oh my God. Well, I didn't. What does she care? And if it I, made I, if it made Leonard happy, <laughs> <laughs> you're so twisted. It's it's it's. Oh, I didn't stick my finger up her pussy. Nor do I think I would have. I told Leonard I just went ahead in trouble with the brains. Gross. 
He could have stuck his finger in her brains. Well, that <laughs> or like his hand and like squished it. Oh, he would have. What if he stuck his penis in her brains? Oh God! That was Hannibal. Did you ever? Oh fuck! Did you ever? Did you ever see the movie, the nineties, nineties, two thousands movies called American Pie? Yeah. How do you see the, the 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 like the the kid, the teenage kid, sticks his penis in the yeah. apple pie? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was a real Same concept. There was a real famous case of um, when I was in high school. I think it was in Evanston, somewhere like that, one of those North Shore places. And some real pretty homecoming queen or something like that, she drowned in the high school swimming pool. So they put her, she was in a, a um, funeral home parlor waiting for her, fun uh, her funeral. Some kid stole her. And there was this big hue and cry about the missing girl from the, the, the beautiful girl missing from the, some kid, and the kid's mom found the body up in his room. I mean, he'd been doing sexual things to this kid, this body for a couple of days. So, uh, but when I asked, when I asked D train, cause you know, he was raised above a funeral parlor in, uh, yeah. I asked, you know, I used to talk, come on, Dwayne, how many times you fucked the bodies and shit like that? I never fucked. I said, but well, you would have to put lube on them, wouldn't you? And Dwayne said, that's the last thing you need with a dead body. There's fluids coming out of every orifice. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that kind of spoke volumes about his uh, poking around inside the funeral home. That's nasty. That's yeah, nasty. didn't he talk, didn't D-Train talk about seeing his uh, teacher or something like that? Or there was something that he kind of, he let it slip out and then, Denied it or something. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he did like let some stuff. So thank God, <laughs> in those days, I didn't forget anything. I mean, I could, you know, it was really great. Yeah. But he'd be sitting over, you know, he always, he, if he wasn't watching Jeopardy by the TV, he'd be down at the other end of the bar with his computer, and watch, see, and he was into amputee porn and geriatric porn, and then he fell madly in love with this this British porn star who was. Yeah. Like in her fifties, oh, I remember and, her. And yeah, and he was badly in love with her, and she'd send messages, send messages to him. <laughs> I would, I would walk into the bar, and D Train was fucking two thirds in the bag, with those goddamn headphones on, blissfully looking into the computer, shaving grin on his face. And I'd say, hey, Dwayne. And he'd look at me and he's like, hey. And I'd look at his computer and I'd see that woman on his screen. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Who the fuck yeah, knows she, what this guy's doing? Well, I became <laughs> friends with her, too. And I tell her, I love you more than Dwayne does. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got, he, he got wind of it when I was speaking <laughs> with him. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the only woman he was more in love with than that actress was Bonnie Raitt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he goes see all her he stuff. He fucking too. loved Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He really loved her. Oh, he I missed that guy. Fan, he'd send her fan mail, too. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure she didn't think it was weird at all, whatever the fuck he was sending they her. They probably had him marked as a stalker. <laughs> yeah. Well, he went I to all did, I think he did do something like he tried to 
like get backstage and like take photographs of her and stuff like that and they yeah i think that, or something i think there was an incident at some there was an, an incident an incident <laughs> he, he traveled i mean he'd go, <laughs> he'd, he'd, go an incident. he'd go all kinds of places to see her yeah. he's uh you know what as fucked and fucking weird that guy was i do miss him well, particularly he certainly died. You know, when he the first time he was in uh, intensive care, and he almost died. It was really close too. And I yeah. get in there. I had to say I was his cousin, so I was with him when, we, when he consulted the doc, doctor. Said you, you've got to get, you've got to get in a program. Your next drink could be your last, and all this shit. And then he and you've got advanced liver disease and all. And he denied it as soon as we as soon as he got out of the hospital. No, 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 you got that all wrong. And, uh, but Toby had gone over to his apartment. It had to be completely fumigated. The smell was just a nightmare. She had to buy a whole new uh, spring mattress and, and, mat and uh, bed springs. And uh, it had to be totally decontaminated. It was just amazing. I wonder what the people, I never really met anybody from, uh, CBS Radio News. I mean, they. What, I wonder what their impression of him was. <laughs> yeah, you wonder what his professional he well, he was like. He was, uh, you know, I mean, he was. He, he looked Italian and not black, but he he counted as black, and uh, so I guess he was. He fulfilled a bunch of, you know, minority kind of uh, squares. Yeah, he but, kind of. He went through a phase where he kind of looked like Django Reinhardt. He had like a little mustache and he wore a hat like a fedora. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, very unusual guy. Well, we should have lost, I mean, we lost Fox. And speaking of putting your dick in stuff, uh, Fox is a legend among, you know, because they all, you know, like Zadie's has a condo over in that O'Brien building. Where, where Fox had eventually uh, ended up getting an apartment there. But uh, whenever Fox would come to Chicago to appear, he'd go to that condo at Zanies. And some guy, some comic was stealing his jokes. And so Fox stuck his dick in the whipped cream or mayonnaise or something like that, or whacked yeah, mayonnaise. off. Mayonnaise. The mayonnaise. It was, oh, it was, oh, God, that's so, terrible. <laughs> and then, so Fox then told everyone that he did it. So then comics would never eat in any, <laughs> they would leave food for each other, you know, it was a tradition, but it ended. And so Fox, I remember some comic came in, I was sitting talking to Fox in the ale, uh, ale house. So, you know, Fox, you really fucked it up for all of us. And he says, why the hell did you tell him you stuck your dick in it? And he said, because it wouldn't have, because what's the point if I didn't tell them? Yeah. <laughs> How would they know? <laughs> yeah. And it would have been grossed out. I had to. Well, I think that's a great uh, note to end the podcast on. Everyone go make yourself a BLT with extra mayo. Extra mayo. You think that, <laughs> that should be our title? Yeah. Yeah, extra mayo. <laughs> extra mayo. Gross, 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 gross. All right, now here's one thing I want to say before we leave. Our uh, uh, listening audience is going down, and I blame you for not having 
we should do it like every Tuesday, like we used to or whatever it is. We got to be on more on schedule. Okay. Because, I mean, all of our loyal fans are telling us to go fuck ourselves. Yeah. Fair. Okay. All right, next Tuesday. So be, be, be there or be square. Well, we'll pick a good night for you, you and Clown discuss. I, I can do any day. I don't give a shit. <laughs> all I'm right, a, sounds good. I'm 80. Sounds good. Sounds good. I know you are. I'm worried about you, little fella. Well, worry. You um, should. You should. I know I should worry. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, say good night, genius. Good night, genius. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, clown. Thanks, genius. Bye.